Pierce minus Jude gone now, and Thomas was absenting. Doors were Jesus came. They didn't recognize him at first, but then they did. A week later, Thomas is present with the disciples, and Jesus appears to him with the twelve. Thomas had been doubting all this time that Jesus was alive. Not till I touch him, not till I see him, not till I put my hands, my fingers in the holes in his hands, my fist in his side where he was pierced, will I believe that Jesus has risen. Thomas was in the room that night when Jesus appeared. He saw Jesus invited him to do just as he had said he needed to do. Thomas did not need to do that. He just said, my Lord and my God, he recognized. For other Jesus met throughout the he ascended up into the heavens. He spoke, appeared to a large crowd of 500. Later on, we know that he appeared to Paul personally. I don't need to prove the resurrection. There are enough eyewitness accounts to the resurrection good enough for me. There are books, a plethora of information to help prove the resurrection. I don't need to. Because Jesus lives. We have the history of the early church that says that what they were persecuted for was not for a lie, but for the truth that Jesus lives. What's going on in Sri Lanka? People would not allow themselves to be killed for a lie if it wasn't the truth. Jesus is alive. But what does that really mean for us? What does the really resurrection really do for us as Christians? Without the resurrection, Christianity is more, no more than a great philosophy, religion, or a moral teaching. Buddhism, Confucianism, Muhammad, Hinduism, religions. Buddha died in 483 B.C. Confucius died in 479 B.C. Muhammad died in 483. There's a reference to Jesus having been crucified in A.D. 30, but as you read the article in the encyclopedia right after he was crucified, the article continues to say that he was resurrected on the third day. There is nothing of this kind in any other religion. If that had not happened, if the resurrection had not happened, then we would just have a record of Jesus' death and a record of Christianity as it appears on the license plate coexist just as another religious belief that has to compete with everything else in this world. Paul made this comparison in the 17th chapter of Acts. After Paul had had his personal experience with Jesus Christ appearing to him, Paul was converted, and Paul became the number one preacher to the Gentiles about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And while traveling in Athens, he looked around and saw that the city was full of idols. So he began to talk with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks in the marketplace, began to chat with the philosophers of the day. There was a group of 
Epicurean and Stoic philosophers, uh, two groups, one who really focused on pleasure and the other one that focused on nothing, having anything to do with pleasure, just kind of philosophies of life. And some of them asked them, what is this guy trying to say to us? He seems to be advocating a different kind of God. Paul was preaching about good news about Jesus and the resurrection. They took him, brought him to a meeting where they said to him, we want to know more about this teaching that you're presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we'd like to know what they mean. They were just looking for another philosophy to tickle their fancy. Maybe another self-help book that would just pop itself off the shelf. Paul stood up in that meeting and said, People of Athens, I see in every way that you're very religious. I see all of your objects of worship. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you about your inscription to an unknown God. I am going to proclaim to you the God who made the world and everything in it. He does not live in temples but by built by human hands. He is the creator of this world. In him, we live and move and have our being. Jesus has given proof to the fact that God lives by raising him from the dead. That was the last line of his message to those people. The living God who created the world, who was put to death and crucified, is the living God, resurrected from the dead. That's all the proof we need. That's what sets Christianity apart from everything else. Jesus is alive. Without the resurrection, our preaching and teaching is in vain. Why study the scriptures? Why preach? Why tell a story? If there's no merit in what the eternal realities are of what Jesus did on the cross. See, Christianity is a message about heaven and hell. And the choice that we need to make to determine which direction we are going to go at the end of this life. Jesus said, I will go and prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. We know that Jesus is sitting at the right right now, up in heaven, so that we can have an advocate who hears us. But that message wouldn't make any sense at all if there was no resurrection. It would just be another self-help. Oh, there's something out there that can help you. Just pray, and maybe, maybe, you might just have some peace about things. And I do believe that there is peace that comes with prayer. Don't doubt. I, <laughs> not putting that down at all. But we pray to a living God. We pray to a living Jesus who is sitting at the right hand of the Father who paid the price if we will accept it so that we might go to heaven and not spend our eternity in hell. Christianity carries the message of a solution to sin and its power. 
garden, Adam chose to turn his back on God and to seek his own way. Sin at that time, as a result, entered into the world. It had not existed in the world before. And as sin entered into that world, it meant that there would be eternal damnation for man. And that sin in our natural instinct would control us and we would be, be subservient most of the time. But just as Adam chose to turn on God in the garden and sin entered into the world by Adam, so Jesus, when he rose from the dead and paid the price on the cross, conquered the power of that sin so that we might have the peace of forgiveness, the joy of fellowship with the Father reconciled to him because of what Jesus did. By one man, sin entered into the world. By one man, eternal life came to those who would believe. That's the Christian message. Without the resurrection, there's nothing there. It would be empty. It tells us in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we have been made alive with Christ. Not only did God offer us a choice between heaven and hell and paid the way if we refused to accept it because of what he did on the cross, he overpowered sin so that it would not control us he has made us alive inside because of the Holy Spirit that comes to us. Ephesians 2, for as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest, we are by nature deserving of wrath. Listen to this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. For it is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised up raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. Listen to this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one could boast. If there was no resurrection, those would be empty words. But God has made us alive in Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of the resurrection, we have a living hope. First Peter. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. 
preserved in heaven for us. And as you read the rest of the passage, we are preserved for it. We have a living hope. The rate of suicide is high in our nation. Probably higher amongst the veteran population than many others. The president has said that in a year, every agency in the federal government is going to learn about how to prevent suicide. Suicide will never be eradicated until we know that there is a living hope. It is the fact that Christ is alive. I have been with people who are suicidal. And it is the living hope, not the kind words of another, although God uses those, that comes in to fill us with the meaning, the worth, the value, the purpose, the rationale for living as we come to know and understand a living hope. Because of the resurrection, we have a living hope. Because of the resurrection, we have a mediator in heaven who knows and understands every temptation, every struggle, every bit of suffering that we've ever been through. Jesus has been here, and he died on the cross. He even knows and understands death. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Because of the resurrection, we have that in the God that we believe. And Paul is able to say in Philippians, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider everything to be garbage that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings. Without the resurrection, there would be no power for Paul to even consider accessing. And he says, I count it all things. In the beginning of the passage that we read before the sermon, Angels ask those that are tomb, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Corinthians chapter 15, verse, first book of Corinthians. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will all be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. 
when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I've shared the words of this song before, but I think they are most appropriate today. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived, died, to buy my pardon, an empty grave is there to prove that my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worthy, worth the living, just because he lives. How sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and the joy that he gives. But greater still, the calm assurance that this child can face uncertain days because he lives. And then one day, I'll cross that river. I'll fight life's final war with pain and death. As Then, as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory, and I'll know he reigns. Because he lives, I can face Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, life is worth the living just because he lives. I invite the worship team to come forward as we sing our closing hymn. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he lives today, and you can know the message.